You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Criminal markets offer ransomware-as-a-service under the guise of education. The UK's NHS and Licking County, Ohio, deal with separate ransomware accounts. The slammer worm attempted a comeback after 14 years, so patch those known vulnerabilities. Crooks scam slot machines, possibly by defeating their pseudo-random number generator. Norway tracks Fancy Bear. Russia says the FSB officers charged with treason gave info to the Americans, but not necessarily the CIA. And GCHQ says security companies are peddling witchcraft. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Monday, February 6, 2017. We've been following the evolution of criminal markets for some time now. The black market has seen customer service portals, even reviews on the criminal equivalent of Yelp, Ripper.cc, In these cases, the bad actors make little pretense about being, well, bad. But that's not always the case. Some of the bad actors pose as legitimate or at least gray market services. Radware has discovered a new ransomware-as-a-service portal on the dark web. This one is called Ranyan, and it cloaks its crooked shame behind a fig leaf inscribed, For educational purposes only. You'd be unwise to take it at face value. The portal looks much more like a standard straight-up black market money-making operation. You can subscribe for 0.95 Bitcoin annually. That's about $960. Or if you're not quite as all-in as that, you can get six months for just 0.6 Bitcoin, about $600. Presumably, if you act now. A word to the wise, there are a lot of legitimate security businesses that will teach you everything you need to know about ransomware without requiring you to dump hundreds of dollars into a dodgy dark web portal. Ransomware, of course, remains a threat, with medical services and local governments particularly hard hit. Several national health trusts in the UK are still digging out from under their own infestations, and in the US, a county in Ohio, Licking County, is also dealing with ransomware that's locked them out of a number of services, including police and emergency responder systems. So it's a threat not to be taken lightly. If you're interested in a model of how to plan for recovery, take a look at the St. Louis, Missouri library system. They were hit, but they recovered swiftly and without paying the ransom because they had a well-thought-out and well-executed backup system. Speaking of Missouri, the Show Me State's Gaming Commission has concluded that a Russian national, a fugitive from the law of averages and unnaturally lucky at slots, finagled some of the one-armed bandits. 
The caper happened in June 2014, but remains puzzling. Whatever they did gave them an implausibly high win rate on the slots. The Lumiere Place Casino noticed payouts on its machines running far higher than could be reasonably expected. Indeed, Wire reports the casino hadn't seen the likes of it before. So security investigated and reviewed surveillance footage of the casino floor. The cameras showed a 30-something dark-haired guy playing exclusively older slot machines manufactured by Aristocrat Leisure of Australia. Most slot cheats physically compromised the victim machines. Not so this guy. Since identified as one Morat Bliev, a Russian national employed allegedly by a St. Petersburg cyber criminal certificate. And note that this is St. Petersburg, Russia, not St. Petersburg, Florida. Shuffleboard players in the Sunshine State seem air-gapped against hacking, at least for now. How the scam worked isn't yet fully understood, but it may have gone something like this. Bliev would play, pushing buttons on games like Pelican Pete or Star Drifter, while holding his smartphone unusually close to the screen. The first attempts were normal, but he'd return in half an hour or so, play the machine, and win big, parlaying 20 or $60 into a reliable payout of $1,300. It appears that he was in touch with mathematicians in the home office who cracked the device's pseudo-random number generators. Bliev returned to Russia, but incautiously returned stateside, where he linked up with three fellow scammers. The quartet were arrested last month, the first three copying a plea, the last one using his status as a religious refugee to provide U.S. authorities with evidence. Those who've been in the industry for a while will recall the slammer worm, which enjoyed its heyday 14 years ago. According to Checkpoint, someone made a concerted attempt to revive Slammer at the end of 2016. We heard from Tripwire's Senior Director of Security, Lamar Bailey, who takes the opportunity to remind everyone that zero days may get all the press, but your biggest threat probably comes through unpatched and known vulnerabilities. Quote, Organizations spend millions on the latest, greatest security products, but fail to fundamentally secure their network by just upgrading and patching old vulnerabilities. End quote. Patching, he says, is like locking your door. Criminals may still get in, but you haven't made it too easy for them. Norway's intelligence service continues to follow the tracks of Fancy Bear through foreign and defense ministry email servers. Fancy Bear, of course, is widely believed to be Russia's GRU. Elsewhere in the Russian intelligence and security services, Russian sources say the former and current FSB officers charged with treason were leaking to America and not necessarily the CIA. That will strike many as a distinction without a difference, since it's difficult, although not impossible, to imagine to whom else they might have been leaking. After all, it's unlikely to be the Small Business Administration, even under the leadership of World Wrestling Entertainment impresario Linda McMahon. Finally, the famously outspoken Ian Levy, technical director of the UK's National Cybersecurity Centre, has told the security industry to knock off the FUD. He says they're peddling witchcraft, and not the good Hogwarts kind. There's no hint, however, that the NCSC is anticipating prosecution of threat researchers under the authority of the Witchcraft Act of 1735. So no worries, security industry. Our barristers have so far offered no legal opinion as to whether prosecution under the Fraudulent Medium Act of 1951 is similarly unlikely. Brexit makes action under the EU's consumer protection regulations a stretch, too. But we certainly wouldn't want to mess with Dr. Levy.
Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Marcus Roschecker. He's the Cybersecurity Program Manager at the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Marcus, uh, I saw that uh, a group of uh, lawmakers, actually a, a bipartisan group of, of lawmakers, have uh, reintroduced the Email Privacy Act, which is, uh, has to do with uh, email and having to get warrants before searching emails. Take us through this. What, what's going on here? Yeah, this new uh, bill um, seeks to uh, really uh, close a gap in an existing law. The existing law is the Electronic Communications Privacy Act, which was passed all the way back in the 1980s. Um, And it basically says that government does not need a warrant to search emails that are are stored on an Internet service provider's or a provider's uh, servers if that email is older than 180 days. Of course, nowadays, um, most of us store all of our emails in the cloud. If we use a service like Google or or Yahoo, we tend to just leave our emails up in the cloud, up with the email service provider, um, and never download them onto our computer, which means that government can read all of those private emails if they are older than 180 days without actually needing a warrant. Um, So this is very concerning, and the bill that was introduced recently by by lawmakers seeks to address that and basically asks that government does need to get a warrant before it can read, search through those emails, even if they're stored with the email service provider. Yeah, it seems remarkable to me. I mean, you know, six months is, uh, uh, you're not allowed to to come in my house and look through any of my papers that are older than six months old uh, automatically. So, you know, this notion that at six months, uh, my private emails just become uh, available, uh, that's news to me. Yeah, it is. It is concerning, but it it kind of makes sense when you think about how the how the existing law came about. And like I said, the Electronic Communications Privacy Act was passed in the '80s, and and in the '80s, emails was email was handled very differently than it is today. 
So um, back then in the 80s, people would download emails that they w- would get sent to them. They would download those emails onto their computers. And, um, and government certainly needed a warrant uh, and still needs a warrant uh, to search emails that are actually exclusively stored on one's computer. Um, now, of course, nowadays, people don't do that download anymore. So this, this Electronic Communications uh, Privacy Act is a perfect example of how laws can become greatly outdated based on our advances in technology. This is an issue that uh, is finding bipartisan support because it just doesn't make any sense for our government to be, have that authority to search private emails. No one really wants that on either side of the aisle. Can you just touch on that notion that you know back in the 80s, they considered that something left on the server that long was abandoned? Yeah, so basically, um, back back in the 80s, um, we expected uh, users to download emails onto their computers when they received them. If users um, did not download com- uh, emails onto their computers, um, then they were considered abandoned. It was considered that a user who didn't have any interest in those emails anymore if they didn't if they weren't downloaded. Um, and therefore, the thought was that you know government really shouldn't be required to get a warrant to look at those abandoned emails. Kind of like they they don't need a warrant to look through my trash because it's considered something that I've thrown away. Exactly. Wow, interesting stuff. All right, Marcus Rosshecker, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.